Welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life, brought to you by GamerGoo. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is October 19th, 2020. It is Monday, the start of a new week. And man, October is already flying by. I mean, can you believe it? We're less than, what, two weeks from Halloween? <laughs> it's crazy, man. We're all going to be eating a bunch of candy here soon. Or are we? You know what? Here's one of the tips for Halloween that we always uh, go by here in my family. And part of that could be because my job, I work for a retailer, is yes, you can go trick-or-treating. So, you know, we take the kids out. They do. They get a bunch of candy. This year, not sure how that's all going to play out, obviously, with the pandemic. But the day after Halloween, the second day after Halloween, that's when the candy gets discounted at the retailers. And that's when you can get some crazy deals on big bags of candy. So... That's usually what we do for a lot of our candy is we just wait till like the day after Halloween, man. And I, I go to work, they're marking everything down, and that's when we kind of jump in on the good candy. But usually, I mean, literally the day after, all the good candy's gone. So all your Reese Cups are gone. All your, uh, you know, for me personally, it's Reese Cups, it's Sweet Tarts. I love some lemon heads, like the bag that comes with all those things. Usually gone pretty quick. The lemon heads usually we can get. Sweet Tarts, Reese Cups, gone, like immediately. Uh, which I, I might have said this before. I'm not a huge, like I like Reese Cups. I like Snickers. I do like chocolate. But like if I had a choice, I'm always going to go with something sour, something gummy. Um, and a lot of those candies are gone pretty quick. And it's kind of leaving you with like the like the Charleston Chews or the Cowtail Whips. You know, those are the things that usually left a couple days after. The candy that nobody really wants even though some people may like it it's not like the hey let's rush out and get the 50 percent 90 i mean um, we're talking like a three or four days later there's like 90 percent off sales on some of these bags of candy i mean it's crazy but uh what's up everybody <laughs> thank you here for tuning in we're here talking about candy on a money but it's hey it's that time of year right it's halloween season everybody wants their candy. Uh, quick housekeeping here before we get rolling. Don't forget, you can always follow me on Twitter at Mark Turka, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. You can always email the show at theenthuselife at gmail.com. Uh, today, I want to kick the show off not talking about games like we normally do, but talking about movies slash television because we, this weekend, my wife and I finished The Haunting of Bly Manor. I think we had watched like almost an episode a day, maybe episode and a half. And then on Saturday, just binged like five episodes throughout the day. The kids were uh, over at my parents for a little bit, outside for a little bit, playing some video games for a little bit. And so it was just like, let's just let's just do it. So we jumped in. We were kind of getting pulled in by the story. I got to say, it it's not as scary, definitely, as, and I think I even mentioned this when I talked about it before, it's not as scary at all as the first season. This one seems a little bit more directed in the story it's telling about the ghosts at the house, um, I guess is kind of the, the right way to say it, because I don't want to give anything away on this. Um, it um, seems to me almost more tragic, the story of the ghosts that it's kind of telling in the, you know, in the house. Um, it does take a while to actually kind of get to that those scare bits. I mean, probably episode five, six is probably more six, I think is really the way to say where it's really starting to kind of pick up with some of that. Um, but again, not not really scary. I'm trying to think like what is the through line with both seasons. And I think it's really, it tells you the story of the people, like the individual people in, like that's part of its cast of characters, you know, like that's kind of how it is. And there, there's there's a through line there, but it's definitely telling, like every character in the series is like a tragic character. 
And um, it, uh, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed this season for what it was. Like, like I said, it wasn't as scary, um, but I think just the story they were telling and the stories around those characters um, were pretty great. And it kind of had you on the edge of your seat wanting to know, like, what's going to happen next? What's, what's the pieces that's kind of pulling them all in one direction? Wh- where is it going to go? I mean, you're always questioning, like, what is happening here? Like, what is going to be the story here um, that in the end what are we going to come walking away with um it's got a great finale i think you know kind of the way it kind of um closed out with all the characters and kind of gives you closure um really to all of them you know there, there really are no pieces left hanging uh which i thought was uh pretty great so uh they nailed it again you know hopefully we're gonna get another i th- these um series is based on a book uh, it's uh, based on here it is yeah the 1898 novella The Turn of the Screw. Uh, it's by an author by the name of Henry James. So I hope they go back and keep finding um, some of these stories, you know, these older horror stories that maybe people aren't familiar with, and kind of pulling um, some some from that. I mean, you always hear that all the time about how many horror movies and scary movies are, are based off this, based off that. Um, but I think that you know the way they've been doing this has been pretty. Now, obviously. An 1898 story, very different from from what the Haunting of Bly Manor is. It's not an old 18 or you know 1800s horror story, um, especially you know in the setting. But it is pulling some pieces from that, and I think it's just um, I don't know. I think it's cool. I hope they continue with it. You know, I mean, obviously it'll be two more years before we get it. Uh, but they're actually uh, it's funny when you look at Wikipedia, the genre they call is gothic romance drama supernatural, and then the fourth bit is horror. And I think that probably would be the right way to say it. It is, you know, a, a supernatural story rather than a horror story. Um, it's more about the drama of the characters. Um, you know, there, there's a few bits that I guess you could consider would be horror that would be scary. You know, if you show this to a little kid, obviously they're going to be scared. Um, it has some jump scares in it. Nowhere near what the first season did. Um, but uh, again, very, very cool, man. If you're looking for something, I think to, to kind of pull your attention, you want a little bit of creepy factor. Um, I think this may be the way to go. Now, because we had finished that on Saturday, we decided last night to watch some sort of scary horror movie. And there's a movie that I've been kind of skipping here over the last couple of years that I, I had just been meaning to watch. And I remember um, when Chris and I were still doing the show together, this is one of the shows that he was like all about. And uh, I saw it was free on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, this is available to you. And I am definitely going to recommend you watch this movie. And that is Hereditary. This is the uh, Ari Aster movie um, that came out in 2018, I believe. And man, like it is terrifying. It is a horror movie. It is disturbing. It is, man, like I don't even know what else to really say about it. It's essentially about a family who um, has some demons in the family, let's say the, it kicks off with um, uh, an old woman passing away. It's the uh, mother of, um, I guess we, we, I guess we'll call her the main character. She's a mother with her family, um, and her death kind of sets off this chain reaction of terrible things happening to the family. Um, and and there's one scene that kind of happens in there, uh, pretty much in the beginning, that really sets things in motion. And it is very disturbing, very haunting, I think is a way to say it, especially the way it's kind of presented to us as the audience. Um, kind of the aftermath of it is, um, wow. Like, just wow. That's all I'm really going to say. Um, I, I recommend it if you're not into scary movies or 
you know, horror movies, this obviously is not going to be for you. Um, it does take a while for some of the scary horror bits to kind of kick in. I mean, they really don't, I would say, start till probably about uh, maybe maybe halfway, three quarters of the way through, but there are definitely some disturbing things kind of in that first half, so um, be wary of that. Uh, but yeah, very, very cool. Now, the same director actually went on to create that movie Midsummer, which I remember like uh, in 2019, like every YouTube video I watched was showing trailers for this. This is that same guy. This was the first movie he did. Midsummer was the second one that he did. Um, so uh yeah like i'm definitely gonna fuck my wife and i said like we need to watch midsummer we watched the trailer she said i'm not watching that after just watching uh hereditary and i said no come on we gotta get in and honestly whatever this guy makes i'm probably watching it from now on like he he seems to be kind of after after watching it and kind of just reading up on him a little bit it seems like he's kind of the new um king of horror that people are loving because it's it's not like freddy krueger running around it's not like mike myers it's just um different takes on on things because that's the thing hereditary i don't want to say we've seen it before but you kind of maybe have but it's the way it's presented the way they kind of pull us along as the audience to kind of figure out what's happening is just man haunting disturbing like i i hate to keep using those words but it, it really is so go check it out if you're looking for something new and different and you don't want to just watch some of the same old horror movies which can be fun this time of year definitely but if you're looking for something new um to, to scare the hell out of you, go watch Hereditary and, and you'll you'll walk away definitely um, disturbed. Uh, let's switch gears away from uh, movies and talk about some video games. And uh, we had an uh, interview with, um, this was over on Kotaku, with Phil Spencer from Xbox. He, uh, of course, is the head of Xbox over there from Microsoft. And a uh, very, very long interview, just talking everything, Series S, Series X, the purchase of Bethesda. And that was kind of the, the, the big takeaway from this was... Um, you know, he, he made a comment that kind of had the internet a buzz uh, after it. And um, he was asked, you know, what um, is, uh, the, you know, the, the idea of them buying Bethesda, uh, will they be able to recoup their $7.5 billion investment um, of, of uh, you know, Bethesda and uh, without potentially selling them on PlayStation? And here's what he had to say. He said, yes, the deal was not to take game. And this is, this is a quote from Phil Spencer. He says, the deal was not to take games away from another player base like that. Nowhere in the documentation that we put together was how do we keep other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play games, not fewer people to be able to go play games. But I'll also say in the model, I'm just answering directly the question that you had. When I think about where people are going to be playing and the number of devices that we had, and we had xCloud and PC and Game Pass and our console base, I don't have to go ship those games on any other platform other than the platforms that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us, whatever that means. So that's one way to think about it. I mean, you know, when everybody says, oh, it's an Xbox exclusive, no, it's going to be on Xbox, it's going to be on PC. It's going to be on xCloud, and hell, it's just included on Game Pass. So wherever Game Pass is available, that's where those games are going to be. So here's Phil Spencer kind of saying that it's going to only be on those and not play, and you know, and not PlayStation. Um, you know, again, I, I kind of go back to the idea that, you know, when you're, they would just be, I think, just leaving money hanging out there by not releasing it on PlayStation. Um, you know, I would think that they would be able to make more money 
on well, but see, it's again, I, I'm not I'm not an insider, man. I mean, maybe just subscribing to Game Pass gets gets them more money. I'm trying to think like what would be the breakdown of essentially putting it on PlayStation and selling X let's say let's say Elder Scroll Six. Putting it on PlayStation, selling a crap ton of versions there as well, as opposed to the PlayStation players who then would either have to get Game Pass, buy it on PC, or but or I guess buy an Xbox. Like in the end, I don't think the Xbox is the factor. Like they're not forcing those people to buy an Xbox. Like you you would have choices if you are a PlayStation person, right? I mean, maybe you don't have a PC, but you know, between xCloud and um you know, uh, uh, I guess being able to buy it on Game Pass, if you, maybe if you do have a PC, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, a, it's a weird breakdown. But in the end, I think he's kind of confirming, like, yeah, these games are only coming out on things that really, what it all boils down to is what is Game Pass on? Whatever Game Pass is on, that's where these are going. Like, that, that is the new Xbox console. console. And I've been kind of drumming that here for the last couple months. Like, Game Pass is a game changer. Microsoft is completely changing the way they're approaching this console generation. And they totally are. I mean, this is perfect example of it um clearly they look at it that people being invested in game pass or maybe just potentially buying the game on those platforms they're going to make more money than the however many less copies they would sell on ps5 and we you know i've even said it before like you know people thinking like oh my god you know this this uh idea of them you know not going into the next generation as heavily maybe as as sony has and and not doubling down on these exclusives it's like hey you gotta look at it they're they're, you know, they're not going to sell as many Xboxes. Yeah, maybe not as they did or as, as Sony will. But they're completely adding a huge player base in PC players. So it's like they don't need to sell the Xbox. Like that's not their market. That is not their business anymore. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. And, you know, you, you, I definitely, believe, believe me, I feel for those PlayStation-only players. Like if Elder Scrolls is your jam or Fallout or any of those games, that are those Bethesda games, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like you're you're gonna have to find another way to play those games, um, and you know, for Microsoft stances, they're offering you many ways, multitude of ways. I mean, the one thing I hope they do is put XCloud either in. Well, you know what? Ooh, you know what I just thought of? Um, this was a story that I, I didn't talk about here on the show. Is supposedly there were some rumors of them trying to get around the iOS because right now XCloud is not on iOS. And they're looking to make it somewhat browser-based, kind of like how um, um, I think uh, Stadia potentially is doing. You know, you can do it on a PC and Stadia. You can go into Google, Google Chrome, and play it. Potentially, maybe that's the out. Because that's the thing is, like, some people may not have a powerful enough PC to run that. But if you can just open a web browser and play XCloud, you're good to go. I mean, that's kind of for me has always been kind of the oddity, the oddity of XCloud. It's like it's only available on phones or tablets. Like Put that in a web browser. And that is one of the things that Microsoft supposedly is looking at, of making it browser-based. So then you can put it on iOS because then people aren't downloading an app and it kind of bypasses the Apple uh, infrastructure of all that. And you're just going into Safari, the browser, you're opening up a web page, and then you're getting access to all that. Then at that point, if it's browser-based, then you can log on to a you know little Chromebook that has no gut, you know, barely any guts to it other than being a web browser, and you can stream. Elder Scrolls 6 through xCloud that way. Like, that's what they need to do. And, I mean, I still want to say, like, I think they should just put the xCloud app on Xbox. So this way, when those Series X exclusive games come out two, three years from now, you can go back to an original Xbox One, still play those games via 
the xCloud app, just streaming it. Even though you know the game, the console can't run those games natively, you can you can stream it. I think that's the way they need to go. But hey, who am I? I'm not I'm not Phil Spencer. I'm not running Xbox. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that would be a great way. And then at that point, it's like, sorry, PlayStation people, like you can't play it. You know, unless you do it, unless there's a way to, you know, does PlayStation 5 have a web browser? I mean, you know, PlayStation 4 did. I know you'd open things up and it's doing it maybe. But I guess at that point, you know, then it would have to also be reading the controller, which, uh, hey, who knows, man. But, um, uh, hey, it is what it is, right? I mean, Microsoft, this is a huge investment, one of the biggest investments ever in video games. Um, it definitely is going to change things up. Um, final story I want to talk about today. This is, uh, back on the Avengers side. I haven't talked about Marvel's Avengers in a while. Um, I mean, gotta be honest, I haven't really been playing that much because there really is nothing new to be playing, but you know, that's kind of, I think what the, you know, these type of games are and kind of where I thought this game was going to be for me, kind of, you know, fill that space of when something new comes out, boom, I'm jumping back in. Did get word that it was the highest selling game in September. So uh, congratulations to the team over at Crystal Dynamics. Now they've been kind of going through, I don't want to say a rough spat, but a lot of the uh, the player base has definitely been dropping. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of new things coming out. Um, they have been pushing out patches, kind of fixing bugs and squashing things. But they put out a pretty big state of the game uh, kind of the end of last week. And a couple things are going to be adding. One of the big things I think they're adding that, that I think is fantastic is a reassemble campaign replay. So you could actually go back and kind of do like a new game plus mode, keeping your characters hero level, gear intact, all that kind of play through the campaign again. That's awesome. Um, the idea that that was kind of taken away kind of sucked because honestly, that is really the best part of the game is that. Uh, campaign. So allowing players to do that, it's great. And I mean, I've been talking here recently, I've been kind of sailing my way through um, Marvel Spider-Man on PS4, going back and doing those new game plus modes, going to those levels and having all that ability um, is just great. You know, being overpowered almost, it's always fun to be able to do that in video games. So the idea they're putting that into Avengers, um, I think is great. Uh, they're adding in some a new ping system, which is cool. So when you're working with other players, you can ping like crates, things like that. Uh, a high contrast mode, um, a mission reward, clarity kind of telling you a little bit uh, ahead of time what exactly you're going to get. Um, so if you're looking for specific gear and things like that, you can, you'll can you be able to see that. Uh, they're giving better off-screen and ranged enemy attack indicators. That's huge because I couldn't tell you the amount of time. Like You just don't know you're going to get hit and you just get blasted. Um, they did say that the Kate Bishop DLC that was set to come out uh, here in October is going to have a slight delay is how they said it so they said it is not coming out in october um so i would think by the end of the year we'll get to that so hopefully sometime in november or december um which i'm definitely going to be jumping back in on that can't wait to see um that story because i think again that's where i think this game is going to be great that we're just going to get these new characters and every new character is going to bring with them um just you know a new little story that's going to be fun to play through until we finally get that kind of big level all those characters now on the other side they're giving people a big digital thank you bundle which is cool so if you go in and uh log in either from october i think it's october 22nd through november 5th you're going to get 1500 credits to be able to use and that's going to be enough for a legendary skin and nameplate so you can go in and get that skin you've been wanting uh 7, units 250 upgrade models 20 dna keys and a uh, Sarah Garza-inspired nameplate. So, hey, Crystal Dynamics at least doing good by the community and uh, listening to feedback, and they've been just pushing out updates, uh, kind of just fixing everything that you know players uh, have been uh, having some issue with listening to the feedback, which is awesome. I and mean, when you run a live service game, 
that's what you need to do. I mean, that's what like Bungie always did um, with the game and continues to do today. Um, so uh, yeah, well, that is it, guys. So thank you here as always for tuning into the show. Big thanks as always to GamerGoo for continuing to support the show. Don't forget, if you're interested in that antiperspirant for your hands, you can find the link down below. Head over to GamerGoo.com. Use my promo code TEL and save yourself 10% off your order over there. Well, until tomorrow, everyone, thank you here as always for tuning in. And until next time, we'll catch you later.